Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Anna Deocampo Kane, Megan Fletcher, Malcolm Herbert, Joaquim Lewis, Hi. and Nicole Be- Besa. Mm-hmm. Like Hello and welcome. <laughs> And, uh, uh, and a hi. quick shout out to Megan Muxarelli, who was just here. Yeah. Is singing tonight. So, and that's where Nicole's going to go watch. Yeah. No so nice. um, everyone should head to our Facebook for a, an amazing video of one of the selections from the concert that we're here to promote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, I'm very excited about this. We're like um, doing the, this is the third of the like new hearing and color series. And um, really, I uh, I remember I, I reached out to you, Joaquin, about this like months ago, and we talked a little bit about uh, about it when we had you on to celebrate the new microphones that we got. Right. So we talked about that, but also talked about this a little bit. But um, you know, I'm I uh, I think a great place to start is just like a refresher on what uh, what's happening, what the what the performance is, and then kind of like how people have gotten involved. That, oh that yeah, whole, just that a whole chain of. Well, you asked me, and then I was like, "Oh, I have some names of people I can think of." Nicole to my right, and then Anna, as well. And then you were like, "Megan Fletcher wants." And I was like, "I don't know her, but yeah." And yeah. then then Megan and Anna were like, "Well, we were talking to Megan Matsurili and then Malcolm, and they want to do it." And so it just like kind all of all these Filipino singers, like, yeah. Filipinos, <laughs> and, the, and there were a couple that uh, unfortunately that. weren't able to join us. Like I said, uh, a couple of tenors there in the the lyric chorus mm-hmm. that couldn't do it, but. Figured we had a good enough good enough amount, and then uh, Malcolm basically would you volunteered your cousin? Yeah, volunteered my cousin <laughs> to come up from Indianapolis to play. To oh my god! Yeah. So, and then uh, we have another baritone that actually is going to come and join us. Yes. Who is went to DePaul with y'all, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and he uh, he's currently engaged in like running a musical on the Burbs with some tiny people, so he's a uh, hopping in. She means children. Yes, tiny yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's Aaron Yambo. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Oh so, yeah, you know Aaron. So then, all told, like, what's what's the total head count? Mm, seven, six, eight. seven, eight with piano. Nine. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Piano. Yeah. Right. That's so cool. And you all get along really well. Like you all know each other, and like it's a. We actually it's really a, hate each other. <laughs> We're all getting well, fun after this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's the dream for something like this, where like, you know, I think it's um, I'm don't know why I keep going back to this thing, but, like, as a white person that is a, a potentially, like, part of an administration or something, I feel like there's a myth that other white people tell themselves to feel better about what they're doing that, like, POC don't exist or something. Yeah. Oh, At least not enough can't. of them. Right, right, right. right. To like, gather well, in, in, like, groups of nine. Right. <laughs> and yeah. make music. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> maybe just reach out to some to be the people in charge of the thing, and that's kind of what's really powerful about it is that Y'all have all kind of not just been like the singers in it, but just every in every way. Yeah, have I want to be organizing force. I want to so. emphasize how little we have done to put this. Yeah, that's on. kind of what I'm trying to like. <laughs> they made a poster. We did and make they a gave poster. It to us, yeah, it's beautiful. We did make a poster, and we asked that it happen. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Filipinos love singing and music, so it just happened. <laughs> right. Um, well. I'm interested in talking about the um, the music gathering process, like how uh, the programming aspect and finding the works <laughs> aspect all kind of has been developing. Around some food. Nice. <laughs> Initially. Yeah. Um, I think we all had 
our own experience with singing Filipino song. Um, for instance, a couple of the few of the folks that went to DePaul University sang a choral piece in Tagalog. Um, we've sung our, at our own individual like recitals for school, sets of Filipino songs. Um, so we kind of drew upon that. Uh, we have some like collections of songs uh, in books that we have. Mine is from my Lolo went to the Philippines and brought back music because he knew that I was a singer. And so, you know, we all kind of like inherit music from these different places, sometimes through school, sometimes from our own research or, mm -hmm. yeah, that kind of thing. Another thing too is um, I think all of us like reached out to moms or family and we're like, hey, uh, which are the, which of these are songs that you like grew up on? My mom was like, oh yeah, got it. Yeah. She was like, okay. Yeah, I had basically I, I sent them or I showed a few of them this like list of the index of songs. Mm -hmm. They took a picture and the couple of them sent it to their mom and they're like, which song should I do, mom? <laughs> which one of these is your favorite? <laughs> there are actually, a, um, the anthology that um, we're talking about is actually like, you can't go wrong with any song that you True. pull from it. I mean, it's it can be as simple as a lullaby and then there are other things that are practically arietas in their mm -hmm. own right. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the really cool thing about Filipino music is that um, and Filipino culture, like we are so good at um, amalgamating, you know, just like at at taking um, anything that we receive and making it our own, or just like just incorporating it into into our culture and kind of welcoming anything with open arms. Like I feel like that's a really um, specifically Filipino uh, trait that we have for mm -hmm. our people. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm kind of curious because when it gets to projects like like this, especially like most of us have a um, a classical music school background, um, there's like a weird bar that's put on things of of it being like classically trained music or not, and I'm I'm kind of curious if uh, you felt you all felt would feel comfortable with like kind of talking about that. I mean, both in the sense that it's. Um, like it's a Eurocentric mindset, but I'm also kind of curious, like how these things are, like as legitimate. I guess is the is the word that I think other people would potentially use. Do you know what I mean by that? Does this make sense? Yeah. Like legitimate to the classical singing world. Yeah. Well, so the you all just sang a piece for us, um, and what I really thought was powerful were some of the harmonies and kind of the harmonic structures and the voice leading was really powerful um and that's from what it sounds like it sounds like that that's very much yeah yeah i could hear that and i just noticed that i could hear that um <laughs> as you turned off the air um what was i saying like it it's that it seems like it's very much part of the culture on its to arrange yeah yeah it's right. like what you were talking about like making yeah. it yours well, I think the other thing is that anything that isn't written down is probably considered less academic. Mm -hmm. So the more that we can get this music on paper in anthologies, it's so funny because um, like three of us have the same anthology. Uh -huh. yeah. there's like there are one, not that many. <laughs> yeah, there's one like golden anthology of Filipino music, but there's, I mean, the Filipino, the Philippines has so, so many different 
um, like tribes and things that are in there. Like there, it, things can change. Like just depending on what island you're you're on, or you know, like what the mm -hmm. um, predominant religion is. You know, Muslim is more popular in the south, and then there's uh, but there's definitely like a Roman Catholic influence there because of the Spaniard colonization. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, like again, it's like it's. Uh, the the thing about it is that like <laughs> to to the Philippine um, like to our uh, the, our country's credit is that we are able to take anything that um, we get from anything like like a colonization which has happened many many times over mm -hmm. um, and we're able to like infuse like a tango into our music mm -hmm. or make something sound like these like um, you know almost like Puccini-esque melismas, mm -hmm. you know, like we, we're so adaptable in that way. And so I think it's really just a matter of putting it on paper to make it academic. Right. Well, and I also think there's really something to be said about, um, like the resiliency of, of Filipino folks. And I'm, what I'm kind of, my next curiosity is like, for example, like I've been doing my own, trying to like do musicology research on cultures of, of my own background. And like Swedish, for example, is something that, because I live in Andersonville, it's like right around the corner, it's hard for me to not be thinking about it. But it's so hard to find a Swedish song anthology. And so the fact that three of you had a Filipino song anthology, to me is like, what is it about? Because like there are other cultures that don't not even just other like let's get the white cultures out of it like even as we've kind of been working with like latinx cultures and black cultures like mm -hmm. there these songs exist but the idea of like this i think that what the, the philippines has uniquely is that we like the wanting to build an institution wanting to create uh an anthology like what do you well, think it is about yeah i think that um I mean, we can all attest probably in our own families and our own upbringing that it, as much as every country and every culture has their tradition of vocal music, in the Philippines and in Filipino families, singing is just sort of like, it's ubiquitous. Everybody sings, even people who aren't good at singing sing, you know, like your, your, your drunk uncle is like singing a crazy Filipino song in the corner. You but know, he's like, really singing. But he's, re he's really going <laughs> yeah. for it. And they're all <laughs> sopranos <laughs> and tenors. Yeah, you know, and because it's, it's such a, there's, there's, it's a really passionate culture. A lot of the songs that we're drawing on for this concert are in a tradition of serenade. Um, yeah. there, there's a couple different kinds of songs, Kundiman, um, Harana, right? That was the one? Um, People use uh, their often kind of schmaltzy, <laughs> they're like uh, curly, you know. It's kind of another thing where like um, the Philippines could take somebody like the sound of something like Nat King Cole, but then, you know, infuse that jazzy almost like vibe into folk song. So, and, and the, that's the kind of stuff that you see all through the culture. I think that singing... Um, it makes sense to me that there's an anthology, at least one, mm -hmm. you know, we say we all have the same one, but uh, of Tagalog music, of Filipino music, because it's just, it's a big deal. I mean, as much as any culture has vocal music, it's a big deal in the Philippines. And I think it's worth noting, too, as like Nicole was talking about all the different islands, it like different things depend on um, the geography, like dialect. Um, mm -hmm. My mom herself speaks three different dialects because she lived in three different islands. So like, we're really, I think only doing 
music that's written in Tagalog, which is mm-hmm. the official national language, but there's also, I'm sure, so much music that we're not even tapping into that's in a dialect. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Joaquin was saying last time he was here, is that, like, the, the two languages from, from his background aren't being, you know, represented, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it, is it largely due to just the sheer amount of music that you are sorting through, or is that, or was it just a matter of, like, you know consistency at, at least in you know at least in like selecting the pieces that were in certain languages i think it has to do with the fact that tagalog is isn't meant the national language yeah filipino if you want to call it but so most of the songs are going to come from that area everything that's going to be everybody speaks it or everybody goes to school to learn it so everybody mm-hmm. has working knowledge of tagalog even though you might be from a different island mm-hmm. from different parts but i think because of also that most of the music that's coming out of there is going to be Tagalog or based on those areas. And so you'll find songs that say, oh, this is a Cebuano song or whatever, but a lot of them are going to be pronounced with a Tagalog accent mm. because that's <laughs> how they kind of do it. you know. And, and like, I, like I was telling you, we're singing a Cebuano song and we're singing it in a Tagalog slash Amer- Filipino-American accent. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tagalog is the Hochdeutsch, I guess. Is what yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like Mandarin versus Cantonese. Like, gotcha. I mean, and, you hear mostly Mandarin. It, it's pretty. Cebuano was pretty close to being to being one of the other languages of that. But yeah, it's, I think it's just because uh, a lot of the main universities and those learning institutions are going to be right. all around Luzon, Quezon City, mm-hmm. um, Diliman, uh, Santo Tomas, is, yeah, yeah, De La Salle. Yeah, all of those are in Manila, Quezon City, yeah. which is a Tagalog space, Tagalog place, and so that's where a lot of all the books and all the music and the big learning centers of the Philippines were there probably when the Spanish mm-hmm. showed up. That's where yeah. it was, where everything was. And so all the outlying islands probably didn't get, especially the south, because the Spanish were able, never able to really conquer uh, uh, Mindanao, which is the southern island, So, which is why it was able to s- stay Muslim up until when the Americans showed up. So, And, you know, well, another thing about that, sorry. <laughs> um, there's so much like Filipino pride in that um, maybe like the Tagalog unifies everyone, mm-hmm. um, no matter like what province you're from, no matter what dialect you grew up speaking. Like there are these Filipino songs. There's like the the like handful of like staples, and I think that Filipinos all over in all of these islands really like hold on to them and call them theirs. I guess. Sorry, I hope I'm not talking too much, but I guess the other thing mm-hmm. as well is that. Um, like part of the thing that I suppose you could put in quotations is academic about this music or intellectual um, is the actual practice of singing the music so like we were saying like Filipinos are very very musical we will throw it down a karaoke oh yeah and um, (laughs) like and our uncle will throw it down (laughs) everybody's gonna throw it down Um, But the thing I think that I realized growing up in Alaska, um, the uh, Alaska Native uh, tribes that are there, um, a lot of their material is, um, like their traditional music, is not written down. Their language is not as written down as many of these other um, languages that we have, like French or something like that. But that's like, it's changing now, but that's a part of... um, like that's a, a part of the tradition, like telling stories verbally, storytelling by like the physical act of sharing that with someone. And so um, in the same regard, singing in the Philippines and singing in a Filipino culture is kind of the same way. Like none of us hesitate to sing because it's just like, it's just what we do. Mm-hmm. And so even, 
even when we are still just working from one anthology, like we all we all know kind of um, a general idea of the songs, or we just like we just love picking things up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, speaking to that, I think it's interesting. You, you mentioned like how enthusiastic you know Filipino culture is about like joining in on the singing. I think that that's you know that's shown in how many people were like clamoring you know in our in our text stream alone um you know i feel like a couple times during this process like one person would be like hey i heard from this other person they want to get involved hey i heard from this other person they get involved. <laughs> yeah. and it's like everyone is just like so everyone's just like super pumped to like get involved and it was so it was so fun to see yeah. I think to that credit that that respect to me volunteering my Bye, Nicole. Oh, Bye. Bye. Sorry. I didn't want to make a thing out of it. You deserve it. Okay. Bye. Bye. I was just gonna say I think to um, to that same point that goes with my cousin actually agreeing to come up from Indianapolis <laughs> when we just need someone to play a few songs. We could have asked anyone. We know a million different accompanists who would have been happy to play for us, but. I was like, hey, I have my cousin, he's also Filipino, and I, when I called him and like asked him about it, he's like, give me one day to check my schedule, and the next day he called me back, and he's like, yes, that's yes, so, I'm coming up. That's <laughs> he's so like, you're cool. going to stay on my couch, is that okay? And I was like, yes, because hmm. I never get to play Filipino music. Yeah. So he said he's going to be here for th- four days, He's right? going to be here for four days just staying on my like couch with me, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to go well, maybe, maybe and I can pay him practice at the couch. library when you're at work. <laughs> that's awesome. We have um, to feed him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, I, what I love about it, and this is something that, as a person who wants to, first off, like we're definitely want to keep like these Filipino concerts going. We want to do more after this. Um, but as we're kind of working on expanding hearing in color as a concept and doing more cultures, um, this is and this is the first. Is this the first time this has happened where? It's truly been the basically my point is is like finding the pian- a pianist in the culture is a hard. Yeah. No, we for the for both the um, Black Hearing and Color concert and the Latinx what was then the representation series, right. um, hmm. we you know weren't able to find like pianists specifically of color. Yeah. And I'm I'm like really happy that for this concert in particular, especially given like the enthusiasm enthusiasm behind it. Um, and and like the buzz. There's so much buzz. Uh, there is so much buzz. <laughs> well, and, and I'm kind of Ooh, I guess someone I'm... like someone who I've I have no idea who they were. I got a notification that somebody shared the event today being like, Hey, I'm busy this weekend, but this looks really cool. If anyone's interested in huh. Filipino music, yeah. like come check it out next Thursday yeah. Thursday. And I was like, Do you know who this person is? And I saw that like I, I couldn't see if we had a mutual friend. That's always like, the best is when we get people that we've never heard of because that's always like, oh, wow, yeah. we actually don't. It's not just like us bugging our friends. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, and, and to the point of like people being enthusiastic, it's so funny, me and Anna were chatting about um, there are a couple Filipino uh, grocery stores <laughs> and restaurants um, that we're, she's going to be passing out flyers. I'll be at, at Seafood, Seafood City this City. weekend. Yeah. Um, Unimart is one that's near here, sort of uh, northern Andersonville. Um, oh, that's a Filipino grocery store? Yeah. 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 The one on Clerk? Yeah. That's right yeah. by my apartment. Oh, no way. Stop in there and get some um, Mang- get some food. What was the sauce called? Was Mang- Mang- no, I got that at Devon Market. You got like a Mang something uh, uh, sauce. It was, it was really? a Mang- 
What? Tell <laughs> Megan. There's, there's not a lot of vegan food in the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> well, the sauce, the sauce I got, it was like a, um, it had like, it was like a bread, it was like a wheat sauce. Huh. What? It was, it was yeah, because really the other all the other sauces in this line are all pork. That's right, why I was like, Watch it. that's the Filipino thing. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, you're a vegan. Yes. So you can't go get some lumpia. Okay. Well, <laughs> Don't do that. Joaquin and I have been talking lumpia. about figuring out some vegan recipes lumpia. for the longest time. You, you can, can make some, like, lumpia for sure. Soy chorizo um, and like Filipinoize it. Egg, eggplant adobo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, okay. So <laughs> my uh, my curiosity is, I think there's really something to this idea that we've we kind of started with with when we were like well we don't when we're pro, if we're producing stuff we don't want to just do white stuff right and so like we were like how do we do that and we're like we need to go the to the what what other white people would call the extreme which is to mm-hmm. say that every bit of the administration every every factor in the like artistic creative administrative process needs to be as of that culture as possible um, and i'm curious uh, from you all's perspective uh, what that has done, like if there is a merit to that, like yeah, and and especially to <laughs> me, like with it's especially true getting to move more further in that direction with having the a pianist that's not, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it it's really it's it's been great. I mean, um, I've known uh, Anna and Malcolm and Megan for longer because we went to DePaul. Um, but but getting all together, it's it's really a special thing because we all have a sense of this music. We it's special to us in our own way, um, and to have all of us working on it uh, is sort of an interesting uh, way to present this to our colleagues in the classical realm. Because the feedback that I'm getting um, from people that I I sing with for any reason uh, when they're hearing about it on Facebook, they're like. Oh wow, that's that's really cool because mm-hmm. now they they know me or they know someone else in the program and they're like, oh wow, I guess I never thought about how you have this background right. of music that I have no idea about and I know you as a musician so now I'm you know connected in that way. You give it but, merit. Yeah, well, I mean in a way because they're like, well, you're a serious musician and you're doing this thing of a uh, cultural no, music, definitely. but but yeah, seeing so seeing their colleagues all come together and be like, wow, I. I guess they are all Filipino. I wonder what they have to offer. It, it it's really cool, and it's a great move on your guys's part mm-hmm. to to hand that over in a way to different cultures. Um, but I I like you were saying, if we did more, I I wonder if it'd be interesting to, you know, like bring people who are not Filipino in to teach them the songs because mm-hmm. I mean that's that's part of the way that it grows, right? It's part of the mm-hmm. way that it gets to other venues, it gets to other people, and I think that this music. You know, like you'll hear at the concert, it it's so accessible in a way because of the way it draws on so many traditions that are tangentially familiar to people who sing art song, to people who have sung uh, things with Spanish influence at all. Um, I think it's just a really beautiful genre that I, I really want people to get excited about even outside of the culture. But I think, yeah, definitely all of us coming together was a great, a great move. Yeah. Well, I think ex- go ahead. I think... Um, expanding sort of um, some of the music that we touch on too would also be good. I know um, you mentioned earlier that we are primarily doing pieces in Tagalog and I actually know back when I was in Indianapolis with Indianapolis Children's Choir and Mr. Leck, we did a couple pieces in Visayan mm-hmm. and I... That's what Aaron Yambo um, speaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would love to bring more of that in because it's very, it's very different. It's 
from from my experience, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, it was a little closer to speaking Spanish, mm -hmm. which might be intriguing to um, some people not familiar with the Philippines and especially unfamiliar with Tagalog. And the sounds. And the sounds there's there's too. a lot of NG sounds, a lot of things that people aren't really like attuned to listening to in like a a lyric voice, like the mm -hmm. ng sound and yeah. the a, a lots of like consonants like K's and G's where people are going to be like, what? <laughs> well, and I'm really, uh, there are a couple reasons why I'm excited. First of all, at the prospect of this concert that is happening. And then the idea of future, um, you know, future collaborations. First of all, I'm not even sure I've heard, like other than this, this selection that was sung today, I'm not even sure I've really heard Tagalog. And like that, you have I'm, in the grocery store. <laughs> right you definitely heard it. I mean, loud and clear. <laughs> so like, just or at least like I'm sure I've heard it, but right. like I, if I were to, if I were to hear it, I wouldn't say, oh, that's definitely it Tagalog. Pinpoint it. Exactly. Right. I would right. be like, that is a language that I'm not familiar with. But then when we hear it, we're like, oh yeah. I'm like, I mean, it, I don't, it's my tita. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I don't know. I don't know if anyone, any of us are fluent, but yeah, because we know the sounds, yeah, we can like right. look That's into it. it. Right. Right. Well, and so I'm excited about that, um, which makes this concert different than the Latinx um, concert in particular, because I am familiar with Spanish. I am familiar with those sounds. I am able to pick out, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, words or maybe phrases of that and like so I'm able to connect to it on that level and so in that sense it's a little bit familiar whereas with this concert coming up I don't have much experience with Filipino culture and so it's going to be an entirely new experience so not only is it going to be beautiful music but I'm going to be learning the crap out of something like it's going to be a, a, a new experience I have a I have a quick tangential question um, do you know if there is a gender-neutral uh, form for the adjective Filipino? Hmm. Like, is there I a Filipinex had... tradition? I, I wonder if that's something that's working. developing probably in an internet community, but mm -hmm. I haven't seen it yet. No. Um, yeah. And I have no idea where... that would where... make sense to me. I mean... Right. I have no yeah. idea where the Latinx thing comes from. I'm not a big fan of, Latin, of that X thing, but that's just my personal... Mm. Just... Well, well, I know you like the you do like see the, the merit. To I like the, the but I don't like Filipino X. Nah, I, I, I guess if it if it makes someone feel more seen or identified in that way, mm -hmm. I I would I completely support that kind of thing. I I think it makes sense for sure. You know what's an interesting thing about like the Philippines spelled with a ph, <laughs> Filipino with an f, right? A Filipino person who is a woman is a Filipina. It's just like I have one of the first things I learned um, being like raised in a white community as like a half white, half Filipino person. I was like, Mom, how come sometimes it's spelled with a PH and sometimes it's spelled with an F? And she was like, Well, it kind of depends on who's saying it. Like, if it, if there's something to do with like um, in Tagalog, the, the, the F is not used, right? Right. So, like, the F in Filipino is, like, a totally not Filipino thing. Well, and, and spelling with a PH or an F is really immaterial to a Filipino person because either way, Filipino. they say Filipinos <laughs> and Filipino right. because they don't have an F sound. And sometimes it's spelled with a P. Yeah. Filipino. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting. 
Because, you know, it's, it's, so it's, careful it's how you spell Phil- it. From Spain, right? So he named the region. Philippines. The Philippines. With a PH. But they call it the Philippines because they don't have an F. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make that sound. Yeah. Well, it's, what? I, it's such an interesting identity. <laughs> it's such a profound, like, example of colonialism. Yeah. Yes. Like, they got a name that they can't even, like, say in their native tongue. Right. right. Because, well, I mean, Philip in Spanish is Felipe. So it's. Right. Huh. Felipe. Oh it, well, in, in Spanish, it's, it's uh, uh, Filipinas. Mm. Mm-hmm. Las Islas Filipinas. I mean, that's... And so when I tell my my, uh, my coworkers who are uh, Latin American, they go, where, you know, who, what, what are you? And I go, mis abuelos fueron de las Filipinas. Like, ah, oh, Filipinas. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, okay. So it's always Filipinas. So when I tell them, I go, oh, Filipina. Filipinas. Oh, okay, Filipinas. Okay. And that's what they know it as. And it's, it's feminine, uh, mm. as you put it. But... Yeah, it's it's really weird. There's a lot of weird. There's a lot of weird things about the culture that that cause lots of identity issues. Can I ask a weird question no, to you guys? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so Filipinos are Asian, right? But like, so we're okay. And now they all know what I'm going to ask. Um, but there's this thing that's like we are the brown Asian people, right? Um, I'm not. I don't even have a question. But that's a statement. <laughs> well, that um, is a statement. So Do you I, have anything to add? I, to I, that? I, I, I told you guys. <laughs> What do you have to say about being brown? <laughs> no, I, I think it's um it's a fascinating I mean, Filipino identity is really cool. I love that we're going on this like interesting tangent. But right. um I'm starting a book right now called The Latinos of Asia. Yes. Um because the Philippines is I mean, a funny example is like if you think about the food in the Philippines, it is both Asian and um draws from Latin America because I will say to my friend whose family is from Mexico oh, yeah, like, you know, we had this Filipino dish with longanisa, and she's like, you have longanisa? Like, that's a thing that we have in Mexico. Um, or, you know, we also have, like, noodle dishes, like pancit, that are more, like, lo mein, like, right. hailing from, from Asia. But in this book, it talks about how, in a lot of ways, although it's an Asian country, the culture uh, almost leans more toward Latin America um, because of lots of reasons. But, but then again, what we talked about, there's different cultures even within the Philippines, mm-hmm. different islands, different regions, different religions. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, as, it, also as mixed race people, some of us, mm-hmm. um, it's a very complicated identity. I think that uh, I've had lots of people when I was a kid growing up, I'd be like, oh, my mom's from the Philippines, so I'm half Asian. And they're like, you're not Asian. Like, right. Philippines isn't Asian. And I'm like, that yeah, it's in the continent like, of Asia. Wow. But they just don't think of it that way because you're not no Chinese. I mean, that's. I grew up in Indiana, so that says a little bit about that. But <laughs> I think with a lot, especially of um, people who are first generation American, but are maybe half Filipino, as which um, is three both, of us both right Megan's now. Anna and um, Nicole and Nicole, Nicole and myself. So everyone <laughs> so but Joaquin. Everyone but Joaquin <laughs> and Aaron Yambao. Aaron, Aaron Yambao. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of like identity confusion mm-hmm. that can occur with that because I know a lot of uh, Filipino parents um, don't actually choose to like teach their children Tagalog, Me. Um, Me. for example, and so they don't learn it. And so a lot of times if you go and you meet other people who are directly from the Philippines, they'll start talking to you and you're like, I'm sorry, I don't understand. My I heart the, understands I you. <laughs> I had that issue even with my Lola after my recital. Yeah. I sang, I sang uh, the Hilsayo is a solo piece, and 
afterwards and I had done some research and I knew some like basic phrases that um just from my mom growing up but I don't speak it at all fluently and she wrote me several long cards in Tagalog and I'm like Lola I'm sorry I don't Aww. understand this I'll have to go home and translate it and she read it out to me and told me what it meant which meant the world to me but at the same time I felt just this sort of disconnect and sadness because I didn't get the chance to learn mm-hmm. that growing up and just I think to know yeah. Lola is grandmother Cool. Yeah. yeah. Lola yeah. being grandfather. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Well, and yeah. you notice we have a lot of the same no what? Same words as in Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So you say the same noses, and I was like, yeah. I thought you were going to say the same noses. That's too. not <laughs> what I meant to say. <laughs> but we do. <laughs> Similar. No, but. Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I, I think um, the, <laughs> the. I'm trying to that not so go too, to say. Uh, too radical with. But I, the thing that's interesting to me is the idea of the, with the Latinx comparison, is the idea of what colonialism does to cultures, what, frankly, white supremacy does to cultures. And I, I think it's super, it's super interesting, especially um, when you look at, uh, it's, it's interesting because you have, there's so much, wrong that's been done but then also it's just something that we talked about earlier is this the resiliency the the um i don't know yeah because you know even in these situations that malcolm was mentioning where there are people who are like more filipino than you they yeah. still it all still feels like family mm-hmm. you know right. like you know some of us are once removed from an immigration you know like my mom immigrated here some people's grandparents immigrated here um and so like it but once you know that someone else is filipino you're just like oh you're filipino yeah yeah and we talk about food we talk about music we talk about things um but the interesting thing that makes me think about like what colonialism does um the predominance of white culture in a lot of filipino circles in a lot of filipino families is sort of like a survival mechanism Mm -hmm. for i mean it's the case for a lot of immigrants um you know, when my when my mom's father was coming over to sort of establish himself before he brought his family, um, it was during the time when a lot of Asian immigrants were not being accepted into mm-hmm. the U.S. unless they had medical jobs or they yeah. were yeah nurses and doctors. Or they had and, somebody to vouch that they, they would had, be taken care of. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so and so um, you know it it's a survival that when my mom's family came to the United States, they all. Um, you know, like, didn't really speak Tagalog a lot at home, and mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they, a lot of them were named Maria, but that's a, that's a normal enough name, you know, <laughs> and, um, actually all of my mom's, my mom and all of her siblings ended up with white partners, mm-hmm. and so, and they all have, you know, mixed children, and, uh, it, it's this weird dichotomy, because mm-hmm. they're very proud of their heritage, but to make it work, as immigrants, sometimes parts of it kind of dissolved. You know, they didn't teach their children Tagalog. They didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it, it. You know, whereas some other immigrant communities are more insular. Um, there's sort of a more melting pot thing going on with Filipinos yeah. to there's, a degree. There seems to be like a reclamation of that, though. Like in the last, like ten, fifteen years, I've seen my family, like 
stopping trying to assimilate so much, you know, and and really holding on to that. Maybe part of it is like, you know, they immigrated in their 20s and 30s. And so they're my aunts and my mom and they're trying to hold on to what they have. Um, But there there came a point where, you know, all of their kids who were Filipino American, they they were like trying to inject us with every bit of Filipino culture and every bit of everything that they could because there came a point where they wanted to preserve it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's good about um, the way that the date of this concert changed. It is actually Filipino American History Month right now. Right. So it's yeah. actually, Ooh. we are all Filipino American. And what happened a lot after the 60s and the civil rights and they started establishing ethnic studies, black studies, Asian American studies. Sorry. And uh, was that a lot of, all of a sudden these, these subjects were being taught in college. And a lot of Filipinos whose parents uh, who didn't whose parents didn't teach them as much of the culture. My grandmother was the same and didn't teach my mother mm-hmm. what I what I because she's like I don't want you to be have an accent, not knowing that growing up in the United States will have her t- speaking English with as Americans do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of what happens is a lot of these kids go to college and then you'll have that one Filipino professor who teaches you about Filipino history mm-hmm. and then they get all and I I'm the same man. I feel like a lot of us are by singing these songs by finding that one book that the golden book that or the blue book as as, as it's for you we're, <laughs> we're reclaiming and we we are all singing philip none of us are singing anything i i, I my song is uh, by a filipino american but with the exception of a few all of these songs are from the philippines and none of us are actually philippine nationals if mm-hmm. you would say except for maybe aaron yao bao Mm-hmm. Yes, but we're all Americans, so they, that's already an interesting cultural identity mm-hmm. thing coming up with this concert. Because people might see us, especially Filipinos, might look at us and go, "Wow, none of them are actually from the Philippines," mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. also might. Come. But I'm proud of the fact that I think all of us are just really happy and proud that we're singing this music. Mm-hmm. And when Nicole and you alluded to making it legit, whatever that means, and right. and but yeah, I, I'm really excited to reclaim it because that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I people go do you speak Tagalog? I go no, but I I'll sing you Tagalog songs and, <laughs> and sing you the national anthem. You know, and, and I, that's about as close as I can get speaking wise, other than a couple of bad words here and Near there. Every food from Monday to yeah, and the <laughs> some food. inappropriate phrases. Yeah. Yeah, inappropriate phrases. <laughs> but yeah, I just I think it's very interesting how all of us who are here in this concert, with the exception of one, are all American, all American. Pun intended, and not, and not intended. Grass-fed too, yeah. like yeah. Midwestern babies. Apple pie, hot yeah. dogs, and yet we still have this part where we're singing. We're singing that this Western classical vocal tradition, and we kick ass at whatever we sing it at. But we also we can we can do this one too, and this is also from from our side, and this is in your tradition, but it's also our tradition, and we can do both of them. And we want you to know. I think that's just yeah. the coolest part of it. So I um I actually really want to um talk more. I want to like talk more about this reclamation idea, and I'm I'm a little bit circling around um an idea we've we've talked about a little bit already, but I'm I'm interested in kind of more thinking about it because one of the things that I was thinking about from something that you said was um the idea of do, of when things are done like this in the future, like of course like the idea of non-Filipino folks. Uh, getting involved and it being it not just being a purely Filipino process I think to folks in in other projects like I so my my thinking here is what my point is here is that like for like I I think that it's not a a matter of that everything with Filipino music forever and ever has to be done by all Filipino people forever and ever amen that is not 
necessarily what I think of. A, and t- obviously, I'm a white person saying all this. So like, tell me at what point I should stop talking. But like, <laughs> I, I, I think there's something to be said about the influence of colonial, colonialism and the influence of all of these things. And um, and I, I think that when you have a culture that even maybe has like akin to like a diasporic tradition, you know, where like you, there is a there has to be a there is a need for that reclamation. There is a need for that reunification. It's a matter of, mm-hmm. of repair. Of, not repair. That's the, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit too generous of a... Not generous. No, well, you're you, good. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, my, uh... Yeah, I mean, I kind of am curious... Because, like, when you think about the balance of these things, like, the balance of the way they tend to work is that you don't get from the top you don't get it. You don't get reclamation from the top very often. Do you know what I mean? Like, when when folks are like, "We're gonna do a cultural series," mm-hmm. you don't get the. It's not the. The the director, who is the person with the most experience in the culture, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a bad experience about with something like that, and it you know that's a, that's an issue for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, two things I that. I thought of as a response to that question. I think perhaps a good spot to start is to um, incorporate a lot of the choral music. You know, like, I don't know. The, the idea of a person who has no tie and no understanding and no feelings or heartstrings attached to a song or to a language without a lot of research and, and background, um, taking that and making it theirs my gut reaction is like, ooh, you better, you better, like, read up before you do it. But I think choral pieces would be a great place to start there. My, um, my second, oh, man, it's gone. Never mind. Anyone else? (laughs) What was the other thing? I don't know. Well, there's a, there's actually, there was, I don't know if it exists, there was a competition. Go. Really? Okay. Go, So, well, and the, this reclamation idea that you're talking about, a lot of the choral things we're doing are arrangements done by Filipino Americans or Filipinos who immigrated to the mm-hmm. States. So like this um, Leron piece that we're doing um, is arranged by a composer named Sandra Choi who um, came to the States as like a young person. So um, speaks Tagalog, knew this song um, and arranged it and made it more digestible for like a Western ear. Made it like very interesting for a Western ear, but also kept all of those things that make it Filipino. Um, the Dahil Sayo that we just sang, um, arranged by... That's arranged by Angelica Abiog. I think her married name is McMurtry. She lives in Indiana now. Friend of mine. I love this. <laughs> I know, I've known about this. This song is like 20, close to 20 years old for this arrangement. It's been one of my favorites forever. And, and it's so beautiful. And it's beautiful. And she did it. She's perfect pitch. And she got together three of her girlfriends and they formed a group. And... She did all this, and I go, is this, what is this, SSAA? She goes, it's like Angelica, Irma, Maylene, <laughs> uh, Maylene, and, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Mary, Lordy. Sometimes it's Lordy, Angelica, it, she goes, Ellie, and she, it was really funny, because she was cracking up, but I, yeah, we took that one, and I was like, we had to have something to sing this, and so we did this for the cause, I, I, and then the Cebuano song is uh, George Gamora Hernandez, who's an immigrant from the Philippines, who actually does a lot of singing in the Bay Area, 
uh, with the San Francisco uh, Opera Chorus, and he asked he had started his own choir called the Sudding Himic Singers. And this is, I don't know if he did this for them, but this arrangement that he's done is like blown up all over the world. It's like you can go onto YouTube, look for Rosas Pandan, and there's like a quartet from Austria doing it. There's hmm. there's a bunch of collegiate choirs doing it. There's also people, the groups in the Philippines doing it. And it's just, yeah, they, this one like blew up all over the place. So it's... It's the choral, choral Yeah, and, and we, we said, I was like, hey, I have this choral piece. I also have this quartet. And then Anna was like, oh, we have this other one. And so let's go, let's go and do it. And it's, and it's fun, also fun to do that too. We were, we were quite, we were laughing actually on how well we blended. <laughs> and who was it? Who you said? It's because our faces are That's, all the same. That was me. I'm, you know, the same person who accidentally had a Freudian slip about our noses. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's just because our, because our heads are all the same shape or something like that. We were laughing. Um, I'm wondering, is there, you know, besides obviously these, this, um, moving made my sound worse. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, um. You're good. Um, That's what you sound great. Great. Um, I'm wondering, like, besides obviously the group of you and the and the large group of Filipino singers in Chicago, is there a is there a vibrant Filipino community in Chicago? I mean, not one that I think any of us have very very close ties to. But there are so many Filipinos, and that has been kind of our struggle, mm-hmm. like knowing where to promote this event, find the people who would want to hear this, like people who need to hear it, and and that's kind of been our struggle, I think. Right, because I think that there, I mean, there definitely is, there are a lot of Filipinos in Chicago. There are large Filipino populations in lots of cities in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, and I have, I even have some of my extended family that lives in Chicago, in Chicago and the suburbs of Chicago. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there there is a, a population, um, you see it at like, I work at a Catholic church. There's a bunch of Filipino mm-hmm. people. Um, Hospitals have ha- a lot ha- of... Nurses. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> same people in the of medical theme. profession. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, for whatever reason, it's never been quite on the scale as some of the other, no. like, yeah. named Chicago communities. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like... Because there's, like there's not, like, a neighborhood. There's not, like, a... Or, never been anything like that. They tend to slip a little more in between the cracks. Yeah. Or the, like, large Filipino populations, like, in the Bay Area. Like, mm-hmm. the, the more unified groups of Filipinos that are occupying Filipino spaces and mm-hmm. eating at Filipino restaurants. Like, we've got a few. We've got a few places that are, like, ours in this city, but... And there are things yeah. popping up, like, um, for instance, is it... Uh, there's Jones? a th- Yeah, there's a new... Well, I, I don't know how new it is, but there's a bakery run by a uh, trans-Filipino woman in Boys Town called Genevieve's Bakery, and it's suddenly <laughs> become, like, really trendy, and so there's, like, certain... Uh, we were just talking about in the car that they're like, uh, there's a um, a yam dish called ube yeah. from the Philippines. It's purple, and so people Sweet. are you know it's kind of like a, right now, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really in vogue right now. Really? So there's, there's like ice cream and like cupcakes and like all these things that are cropping up, and we're like, what? Why is everyone eating ube yeah. now? Because it's like, purple. <laughs> yeah, it was in the Legend of Zelda, wasn't it? The new game. Oh, really? It, it is. is. Zelda, yeah. Oh my yeah. god! It, it was well, also in Steven that. Universe. Then you, know it's TV universe. then you yeah. know it's getting really hip if yeah. it's hitting places like that. So. Well, the reason I know about it is not from... I've never played the new Zelda game, although I want to because I loved it as a kid. But binging with Babish, who Joaquin mm. and I yes. both love watching. Yes. And Maureen watches that show a lot, too. <laughs> but he made it. The He made Ube. Oh, that's and cool. And it was cool, too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a fun... It's a fun well, to go back to your question, uh, Maureen, they do get around to having communities out there. There used to be... The Filipino uh, Chicago Filipino Filipino American Film Festival, mm-hmm. which was every I don't think it's and I knew the people that used to run that, 
then there was uh, they, they called themselves Filipino American Alliance or something like that. P A S S. You pass it on Irving Park Road. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's, <laughs> and I used to live there's a P A S S. There's also on Irving Park in Southport. There's a, uh-huh. the Resolve Center. Yes, the Jose Resolve Center, where uh, it's for mostly senior citizens. And when I got here, and I actually I, I volunteered for the film festival because I just wanted to meet Filipinos in Aww. Chicago because I didn't have any I I didn't have any uh, family here, so I went and volunteered. And they're like, oh, so we make. Uh, baskets, holiday baskets for all the elderly, and then we bring them to the resolve center and we give them food, and then they hand out all the baskets, which is like cleaners and toilet paper and everything that like the old people, you know, the elderly would need. Old people, the elderly would need. <laughs> I know, so bad, and uh, and so I met some of the Filipinos, and a lot of them are from Chicago. They just have known each other, but it wasn't one of those big things where they needed to congregate to a community, mm. and we needed because. A lot of the films that came here, Filipinos came here were all in the service industry and like manual labor people. So it was like they were working the railroads and they were... They didn't have the time. Yeah, they were working in restaurants and there was... When they got together, they might have been... There might be... That'd be a great project to find out where the old Filipino neighborhood was in this city. Well, and moving forward, if we like do things um, in the future, I think that that's... I mean, right now we're kind of appealing to other singers, other people who are interested in singing and in music specifically. But I think that uh, a nice place to start would be to find those places and find those people. Right. Yeah. I I think that that would be the next step. What I also, too, I think think what what makes it hard for for specifically the four of us and five and six, whoever's singing, is that I think a lot of these communities are made up of Filipino immigrants from certain uh, uh, regions and areas who, oh, I found people from my area. So mm-hmm. I think those exist, but I'm two generations removed from that, and I'm, right. plus I'm from the Bay Area, and a lot of us here are removed just from ge- geography or location, like growing up in the middle of Indiana. Yeah, we did None not. of us grew up here. Yeah, so yeah. I think maybe if you were in Chicago and you grew up and you were either immigrant or your parents were, you might have that organization, yeah, that's that, right. that regional or city organization mm-hmm. to go to. My grandmother joined one. She wasn't even from. She wasn't even from uh, uh, Bohol, which was another island. She just joined it because there were other Filipinos there, so she was the only one. One of the very few that weren't from uh, Bohol. But she, we, I grew up in that one because I was like, why is Bohol? Really? My mom was like, oh, because your grandma joined it because <laughs> her friends were in it. So you know, it was one of those things. I think you can find it. Uh, I bet a lot of them probably religious based. Yeah. A lot of them in the Catholic churches or whatever uh, Christian churches out here. That uh, I know uh, Nicole's Nicole's boyfriend. Jared, who was one of the ones we had asked, his dad is a Methodist oh, preacher. And there's, yeah. there's a big Filipino Methodist community. Mm-hmm. We all think they're all Catholic, but there's actually a big Methodist uh, community as well. So you'll find them, but it's just just for social kind of reasons, it's hard to find. You well, find that DePaul has a social It's kind of this, though. Like, well, we, yeah, we've gotten together. because. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. That's I know a lot of Filipino singers, mm-hmm. a lot of active Filipino singers, and, like, that's something. That's yeah. our own little community, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, well, I think sometimes you tend not to necessarily seek people out, but the moment you meet somebody else who's Filipino, the second you see them again, you'll be like, "Your family, yeah. I missed you. Like, right. I spoken to you once." Yeah. Well, one of the reasons that you know, in in talking about this, one of the reasons that I'm glad that Daniel and I haven't really had a hand in in the nuts and bolts of this project is that like, I'm seeing pictures of y'all like hanging out and making food and like really like talking about like 
the cultural aspect of this concert. And I feel like because you are creating this Filipino space that Daniel and I are not a part of, like it's it's going to be that much more like heartfelt mm -hmm. because it is it is a product of people coming together of the same culture and creating something that is theirs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that I, that's what I'm so like I'm so happy that this is happening. Cool. Uh well, <laughs> the last thing we do with all of our guests, we have a few minutes left. Uh so is a 1 minute plug for anything they have upcoming, so it's for each of you. Um, sometimes it's very obvious, like an upcoming concert that, you, that you've programmed and are performing in. Um, otherwise, it can be, uh, we love hearing about uh, other people that you want to give a shout out to that, are doing, that you think are doing dope work. Um, and also, we love hearing about, you know, we already talked a little bit about Steven Universe and, um, and Legend of Zelda and stuff, but like fun self-care things, TV shows, books, uh, music that you've been listening to, stuff like that. Um, do we each get a minute? Yeah, you do. Oh, I mean, you don't have to this. fill the whole minute. <laughs> okay, are you timing me? No. Ready, go. And you can go over a minute. Go. Okay. Yeah. So, um, this last month I started singing... Wait, what's your name? Oh, I'm Anna. Anna Kane. Yep, that's me. Um, this last month I started singing with an ensemble called The Marianne Concert, which is um, a... I about that. Yeah, so it's, a, it's an early music group... Um, headed by Amy Bearden, who uh, got a degree in, in early vocal music and things like that. But she has had this group since 2011, and I just recently hopped in. Um, but on October 21st, we have an event called uh, Medieval Ghost Stories that is taking place at Bohemian National Cemetery. Um, and so it's like in a crematorium, super spoopy, spooky. <laughs> also yeah. a Freudian slip. Um, like candles, creepy stuff. Um, it's mainly like um, demonic stories, like religious, ghosty things um, with texts um, that are related to those stories. They're actual medieval ghost stories, um, motets that go with those texts. So, um, yeah, that's October 21st at the Bohemian National Cemetery. It's like on Pulaski. Cool. Yeah, 7 p.m. All the cool. Was it a minute? About. <laughs> we don't really. Care. We're, we're, we're going to cut that last part out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you guys are doing it. We're going to do a spiel about the concert itself, yeah? Yeah. Well, um, I, won't, I don't want to get all the details wrong. But uh, so, anyway, we're all doing this concert one week from today. At, um, I know it's so close. Mm -hmm. One week from today at Emerald City Coffees at 7 30. Seven, seven, right? Seven, seven o'clock. Yeah. So one more time. Seven o'clock. Seven <laughs> Emerald City Coffee. That's right off of um, the Wilson mm -hmm. Red Line. Sheridan. Um, what? Wilson. Sheridan. Wilson. 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 Yeah. Sher oh. Sheridan's, Sheridan's like the teeny. holiday club. And, wow. like, right. Sheridan. Uh, There's a teeny version of it, right? There are two Emerald City Coffees. Oh, good, because I would have shown Big shout out to Emerald City Coffee. Uh, if, you are into Emerald, oh if you're into coffee and you're into the Emerald City... I don't know the way uh, Yeah. <laughs> Check them out. Uh, they are located, there's two locations. The one that Joaquin was thinking of is on Sheridan. It's a tiny one. It's, there is also a piano in there, too. 
Uh, maybe. But forget about that one. Don't Put don't that one out of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Forget about that. Don't think There's about There's another one. It's on Wilson. It's new. It's like they opened it like a year ago, and that's right. what this is. Mm. They have a really nice performance space the in the sp- back. Yeah, the sp- it's a it's, great space. It's like super comfortable, and the sound is really nice, and there's a good piano in there. It's it's like we're really we feel and, and they're excited to have us. They and, love having us. Yeah, so. and so because they're they're super into cultural events, mm-hmm. so um. So can can we now that I've screwed up, can we? Go back. Right, so uh, we're doing a concert one week (laughs) from tonight at Emerald City Coffee off the Wilson Red Line. Uh, It is at 7 p.m. And it shouldn't be much longer than an hour or so. Um, We've got some wonderful music, solos, choral pieces, duets. Um, We were... uh, We were hoping to maybe bring a Filipino snack or two to share with you. Um, But, you know, we'll check to see what what we can uh, make happen. Um... But yeah, we're all really excited. Uh, I guess I wanted to give a plug for things that I, a thing I already did, but things that I would like to keep doing. Um, A singer named Megan Wilhelm organized a benefit concert for Hurricane Harvey that we did, I think this was last week. Um, she actually had two of them. Right, two, yeah. yeah, two different, and, and you guys, we, there was a Sunday, there was a Friday. Um, I performed with my friend Ashley Lear, just some opera duets, but it was just another great event. Um, you know, following tragic uh, catastrophes, like a lot of times what people need is uh, just togetherness and comfort, and so I, I love these opportunities to just get together with musicians, share music just for the sake of having a space to feel things and, and experience art together and um, they, they raised some funds for hurricane relief. So uh, it's, it's in line with a project that me and Anna um, are still kind of under, under the, the radar involved with uh, musical activists of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, we love doing an event this past spring with um, racial injustice. And so it just reminded me of that, that, so, that whole just movement of musicians kind mm-hmm. of creating their own opportunities to get involved in activism and be tuned in to the world around them. So that's something that I just love that's going on. Shout out LaRob and Tracy. Yes, Ooh. shout out LaRob and Tracy. On there. Yeah. We, they were on the last year in college. Exactly, yeah. right. So so we, we've been we've been uh, excited about promoting these concerts for Scappy Mag too, just because it's um, it's a cause that, that we all really love to get involved in. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. I'm Malcolm Herbert. I don't personally think I have a whole lot to plug. Very excited about purple taco socks I'm wearing today, although I hope they didn't show up in the recording. Um, Whoa. I hope they did. <laughs> um, Actually, and I would agree that I, oh, great. Um, I would agree. I have been loving Legend of Zelda. I've been playing it. It's a lot of fun. Um, I guess the one actual thing I do have to, pl- to plug um, is uh, Queen of Angels Church needs another tenor, if anyone's <laughs> listening. <laughs> um, I don't have... Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> so I... <laughs> We, we could certainly use another tenor. It's just two of us right now. It's a little oh bit sad. Gosh. We can't even get any volunteers from the church. Um, so I think we're looking for another paid tenor. That's amazing. Um, I don't have my uh, director's 
information memorized off the top of my head, so I'm just going to go ahead and give you my email. <laughs> if you want to email me, I'll put you in touch with Kent Yeager, the director there. My email is mbherbert, H-E-R-B-E-R-T 711 at gmail.com. And if you're looking for a paid tenor gig, we could certainly use some help. I'm Thanks. looking for a paid tenor gig. Yeah. I mean, if oh my you gosh. want to do it, we will hire you. Use anyone. I asked to jo- my. You want to know who my sub is? It's Giovanna Jacques. Oh my yes, gosh. She's that's subbing awesome. Tenor? If I really need it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She can sing it. That's amazing. I don't doubt that. Oh my god. <laughs> That's hysterical. We're a regular yap tracker yeah. all of us. <laughs> email me your resume, Anna. <laughs> you don't need a resume, just email me. <laughs> you just need to have a pulse. <laughs> you need to be alive. We need bodies. <laughs> yes, please. Oh my god. Um, in addition to our concert, which I hope you will come to. I will be performing with the Constellation Men's Ensemble the last weekend of October. I think it's the 28th and 29th. We are doing our second annual Poxmokes concert, which was inspired by the regular uh, service, Catholic service, I think. And so we have uh, we have some really cool stuff. We're singing. I'm really excited. We're singing this song called The Hymn of Axiom, which we did for the uh, the War and Peace concert with mm. uh, Floating Opera. We're doing that again. So that'll come up. And then... Constellation will be doing, won't be doing it here. Oh, the the concerts will be at Church of the Atonement in Edgewater, and I think Wicker Park Lutheran. I can't remember the name of that. Mm. Don't quote me on that one. But I'd, I'd look up Constellation Men's Ensemble, Facebook, and uh, constellationmensensemble.com, I think. And I want to say Zelda, yes. <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to like video game orchest- orchestral like concerts. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. So we have to figure out a way to get all those people that went to Final Fantasy to come watch us. Yeah. yeah. So just so you can just saying. Oh, yeah. I'm sure all of their events. Yeah. <laughs> my job. Two last things. Uh, <laughs> shout out to all the other Filipino singers in Chicago who couldn't make it this time. Hit we, us up. Yeah, hit us up. Uh, more room for you. And I want to, in memoriam to my friend Anthony Chris Lorenzo, who was, uh, oh God, if he did sing, if he had sung classical, he'd be one of those tenorinos, O Pantra, that sings really high. He's got this crazy high alto voice, and he can straight tone all the way up D, D sharp, like, it's kind of crazy. Passed away suddenly, and uh, my family and our friends are all totally uh, devastated, but rest in paradise, my friend Anthony Chris Lorenzo, and... uh, at J at Joaquin Luis on Twitter, at JMXL Instagram, and uh, everywhere else. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways that you can do that. You can head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We have all of our articles there. Uh, all of our podcast episodes get posted there as well, as well as all of the things we post on YouTube, including, I didn't mention this in the last episode, but I'm going to mention it now, this super weird, super weird, super three times weird project I'm working on where I am going through all of the open source recording places like IMS, ISMLP, ISL. like Muse Open, like um, <laughs> IS, International Sheet Music Library Project. Anyway, so I'm going in, I'm finding all these open source recordings, and I'm compiling as ISMLP. No, I am IMSLP. 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 It's IMSLP. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I All right. You. Well, I, I believe you. I ISMLP. Most blamed. <laughs> anyway, so I've been going through and I've been compiling these three 
four hour long videos of composers specific so for example so like it's fucking weird so I, I told you it was weird it's so it's this uh the first one i did was three hours of dvorak string quartets what? and they're just there and they're all open source and it's all and it's like you would never know that this stuff is there and it's basically like you ever seen like the 10 hours of smooth jazz or like eight <laughs> hours of rain noise on youtube or like, 10, like hour, to... 10 hours of nick offerman sitting at sitting in yeah the right, fireplace. right. Yeah. yeah we're trying to like get into that market so <laughs> That sweet, sweet market. Sweet, sweet. (laughs) So yeah, that there's um three hours of Grieg recorder ensemble recordings. Oh my god! It's actually pretty decent. No, it's not. No, we just did a regular. We did a a normie one. We did the three hours of Beethoven uh, piano sonatas. That's the one we just did. Put you to sleep. Yeah, but most importantly, go to our website and do normal things. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to. I just wanted to plug that. Yeah. Uh, also, on the website, <laughs> you'll be able to find on our YouTube. You'll be able to find uh, a recording of y'all performing just just now. Um, otherwise, you can find us on all the social media places on Facebook. That's Scoppy Magazine on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, and iTunes Podcasts. We are under Scoppy Mag, and we spell that S C A P I. S C A P I M A G. Spelling and, uh, today. With no space? No, no space. S C A P I M A G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com. Go to our About section. There are a couple ways that you can give. You can do a one-time donation. And if you choose to do that, you will have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give on a monthly level, some cool things will happen. First of all, our next two donors at any level will receive a free bag of half-wit coffee. At $10 a month, you'll receive one free session per month of studio photography with Daniel in our space. At $25 a month or above, you'll be a part of our affiliate program. We're grateful to our donors at every level, but our affiliates are individuals, businesses, and organizations who support our mission of uplifting arts, local arts, and independent media at a higher level. We believe that such generosity during this time deserves recognition, so our affiliates will be featured on our website with a link to their website or social media as a means of advertisement, and will receive a Scopy affiliate window sticker. So, give a little give a lot and if you can't give then listen participate and share cool thanks again so much for listening go out and make something yep